the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. People have a Taco Tuesday, uh, what, um, some days of the week have a, a theme. Today's theme is Exasperation Thursday. Is that right? Uh, for me, it is. Yeah, I, I wish I would have known when yeah, I got well, up this morning it was going to be exasperation. Uh, uh, not yeah. exacerbation, exasperation. No, exasperation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Holy moly, what a day, huh? Uh, it's like that. It's an ad. Two steps forward, one step back. Especially when you've got Ba-ba-dee-dum. technological problems. Ba-dee-dum. If your computer doesn't work. Oh, my so, so John's laptop is not working here at the station. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a disaster. I, like an idiot ignored five reminders to my email to change my password and didn't and so my password failed so that means every single time i I look at my phone it keeps flashing incorrect password incorrect password Mm. incorrect so that's only flashed about i don't know 600 times today since i started but you made it work but i made it work only took five warnings that was fine it's okay and uh it looks like everything's i don't know there's a lot to be said about being non- engaged in the technical aspect don't you think well yeah except people, that it's hard for you it's hard to, to, have, to, survive. to have a job i know it is but you know what i mean don't you appreciate people who kind of go i don't have an email address i'm not going on the well, computer i, appreciate, I do i don't know if i mean i don't know if i appreciate it i do because they've basically Mm-mm. just said i'm i'm yeah. having nothing to do with like they're, life current life as we know it. they're probably healthier they're they're healthier they have to be well, they don't have to talk to nearly as many people. They don't have to engage. I just think there's something to be said about not having to engage. Is that what you like, want to do? Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing papers around the studio. Wow. I'm making a point. Really not mad. Throwing, just making an exclamation point. Exasperation Thursday. All right. Uh huh. Okay, that's fine. Dare I ask how you are? I'm. <laughs> <laughs> you brought me uh, kettle corn. What? Now, just yesterday mm. we were talking, mm. and I said, "Don't you love kettle corn?" And you said, "No." No, I don't. And I was so surprised by that. Because I love popcorn. Right. And kettle corn is the perfect mm. marriage of sweet and salty. I'm often disappointed. So I got uh, candy corn today out at Sorgel's Orchard in Wexford, and I came in and brought you some. It was good. Okay. Do you yeah. finish it? No, no. Oh. I just took a few little. Well, you, you can have it. Thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, quite honestly, uh, the uh, Honeycrisp apples that you turned me on to. From Sorgel's also. We went out to Sorgel's on Sunday with the rest of humanity and bought ourselves some Honeycrisps. Beautiful. When I was out there today, you know what else I got? Hmm. Brussels sprouts on the stalk. Oh, I saw those as well. Yeah, they're very pretty. Super excited about that. They remind me of like Christmas bells. Yeah. Right? They want to, You want to jingle them. Yeah. I don't want to eat them, though. No, they don't make any sound at all, though, mm-hmm. and they are better tasting than the Christmas bells, but I see why you've linked them together. Thank you, I do. Mm-hmm. Right. That was good. There were a lot of people at Sorgles today, but not nearly as many. <laughs> oh, man. It's on the weekend. It was like humanity mm-hmm. shows up on the weekends. How about a nice little table runner, in case you're wondering while I was out there? A table runner at yeah. Sorgles? Yeah, 
little fall festival Around theme mm-hmm. type, of, type of thing. Yeah. Is that for your dining room table? Yeah. Very nice. You're coming over for a party next weekend, so I, I thought am. I'd, you know, dress the place up a little. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of party, uh, Christy, our old producer, invited us to a little bit of a party. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're I'm good to go. I'm excited about that. Me too. Yeah. I'll give you a Christy Do update. we know when that is? Mm, it's up to you and I. Oh. Apparently. It's falling into us. I love it. All right. Okay. Uh, it's very, very busy news day today, is it not? Yeah. All right. Without further ado, then, please, as always, give us the top four at four. For the 27th of October, 2022, mm-hmm. I'm going to back off the microphone. Gary is like you told me to yesterday. Just away. Number one. On October 27th of 2018, that was the day that a gunman opened fire inside the Tree of Life Synagogue in Squirrel Hill, killing 11 and wounding two. That was four years ago today. I can't believe in some days it seems in some ways it seems like it was just yesterday. Yeah. And in some ways because it's such a it's become such a profound reality for the community especially there, it seems like it's been forever. You drive by there, the fencing is still up. Yeah. And the gunman still not headed to trial. Still. Number 2. One of Pittsburgh's autonomous vehicle companies announced today it is shutting down. Unclear how many Pittsburgh workers will be laid off, but it will be a lot as some Argo AI employees in the Strip will be absorbed into two of Argo's investors, Ford Motor Company and Volkswagen. In addition to its headquarters in the Strip, Argo AI also occupied space at the Westmoreland County Community College Advanced Tech Center, which is a 2,800-square-foot complex in East Huntington, so that will be a big loss. Um, Argo AI founded in 2016 with a multi-billion dollar investment from Ford and Volkswagen. Um, At one point, they had 1,700 employees, but they announced some layoffs in July. So I guess we'll have to wait to see what's happening here. But that's sad news for a lot of those employees and sad news for the city. God bless them. Tech startup. It's an Argo cornstarch. It is. Different company. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Number three. Elon Musk posted a video today showing him strolling into Twitter headquarters Mm. with a sink. Sink. Mm-hmm. Carrying a sink. What does that stand for? Um, e- I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, Elon Musk, of course, is um, apparently buying Twitter. Though we still haven't heard any finalized Tomorrow's details about that. Forty-five billion dollars for his purchase of the company. Uh, he changed his Twitter profile to refer to himself as Chief Twit, mm-hmm. and his location as Twitter's San Francisco downtown headquarters. Um, so he carried a sink into the uh, lobby. It was not a large sink, but it was definitely a sink. And um, he said it was because, um, I don't remember. Oh yeah, entering Twitter HQ, he said, let that sink in. That's what it was. Isn't that kind of dumb? Super dumb. Don't you think it's dumb? Yeah, I thought he was going to That's why like, I couldn't remember it. Have a kitchen sink like, it's like that's so Everything in the kitchen sink is here on Twitter or something like that. No, uh, Robert Anderson, a law professor at Pepperdine was asked to comment on it. He said, "Well, I think he's just visiting the headquarters and I don't see anything unusual about it other than that he brought a sink." Okay. All right, more to come, I'm sure. Number 4. Even though the number of people diagnosed with cancer each year remains roughly the same, recent medical advances mean that more people are surviving and thriving after being diagnosed. Excellent news. That good news comes from ABC News Today. A new study published this morning in the journal Cancer finds that overall cancer death rates decreased by 2.1% each year from 2015 to 2019, the fastest it has decreased over the last two decades. Wow. And that is Fabulous. your top four. 
four. That is excellent. Isn't it? Excellent. Well, look at our friend Tim Keller. I mean, you know, you think about people who have been given essentially a death sentence with some forms of cancer and living years and years and years healthy. What a blessing. Oh, my gosh. Holy smokes. How many, I mean, in our own family, we have people with cancer. Yep. So such is life. Let me just just add this. The decrease in cancer deaths were driven largely by the steep decline in lung cancer deaths, which, of course, is the number one One cancer that afflicts uh, U.S. Americans. Even if you've not been a smoker. Yes. That's really odd. All righty. Well, that's very good news. And uh, let's step away for just a minute. Jerry Boyer is with us uh, as a weekly, ge- a monthly guest. He's got good news as well about markets and recession and election news. Also going to opine about Tree of Life. That's straight ahead. It's the ride home. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. 101.5 WORD. Getting older has its limitations, but aging shouldn't stop you. Ahead from Chuck Swindoll. I've always liked Jim Dodson's description, how fast aging comes. About the time your face clears up, your mind gets fuzzy. It happens quick. So you're aging. Welcome to the club. Join us when Chuck Swindoll presents his brand new series called Clinging to Hope, Monday through Friday on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. Trish heard one of our radio ads recently and gave us a yell. Ryan, she said, I keep hearing that mortgage interest rates are annoyingly up, but I'll keep it real. I'm struggling with bills. I haven't taken a vacation in years, and my back patio looks like Godzilla visited. And then... I keep hearing how much home values have gone up. Would it be wrong to pull that new cash out of my home to use for this stuff? It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And yes, rates are annoyingly up. And so for some, it could be wrong to do a cash out refinance. But for others, the recent home value rush is still a once in a lifetime opportunity. Trish eliminated her credit card debt, turned the backyard into an oasis, and kept some money back for a vacation and rainy days. And her plan is, when these annoying rates settle back down, she'll refinance then to lower the rate. If you're curious what a cash-out refinance would look like for you, we are United, United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp. Melbourne, New York. And a blessing for 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800 633 9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N-Info.com. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org.
like you, we spent considerable time yesterday talking about the Dr. Oz-John Fetterman debate. And if you look at yard signs around, I guess at least in my neighborhood, it feels as though it's Fetterman, Fetterman, Fetterman. However, Jerry Boyer is with us. Uh, he's got a different uh, ta- take on this. Jerry Boyer has been a regular guest on our show. Uh, we'll talk about his work and his podcast. But, Jerry, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Great to be with you. Um, I also see signs that say Fetterman, Fetterman, Fetterman. Yes. But when I look at the political futures market, I see Oz, Oz, Oz. Um, so when people have skin in the game, um, so what is the political futures market? Basically, you buy a, a – you win a dollar. Um, uh, you you spend thirty or sixty or or seventy whatever eighty cents, depending on what the given price is. And if the candidate that you pick wins, you get a dollar. So the price of that future is basically the probability the candidate will win, as reflected currently by the market. Um, and that uh, was sixty seven percent for Oz uh, mm. last time I checked. And it it that blew out after the debate. You could see it in real time. The more Fetterman spoke, um, the the more Oz spoke. The more people heard. And this is something I think those of us who are here in Pittsburgh who have experience uh, with Fetterman, um, who've seen him in media before, kind of understood is that there's a kind of an image that's been created mm-hmm. that's made him a national star. But in terms of actual results, policy knowledge, etc. Uh, when you're out of that sort of performance art of tattoos and a certain look and everything, and he actually has to, you know, defend his record, that that's not going to look so good. So the futures market flipped towards towards Oz, and um, that's probably the, kind of the best insight on who's going to win. Fabulous. I mean, it is sort of a Joe Magarak uh, sort of myth that he's produced. Uh, what about this probability market, Jerry? Can you explain that for us and how that's structured and what it looks like? There are online probability markets. Um, some of them are based on betting parlors. That the, the ones that I like tend to be uh, based more on universities. Um, so, what what is it worth now to buy an option? So the option is if you buy an Oz future or a Fetterman future, and Oz wins, you get a dollar, right? Well, then the price of that, if you knew for sure, then if everyone knew that Oz was going to win for sure, then it would be worth a dollar. If you get a do- if you spend a dollar to get a dollar and there's no risk because you know for sure, it would be worth a dollar. But of course, you don't know for sure. So the lower the confidence that he's going to win, the cheaper that is. So people essentially invest in candidates the way people invest in stock markets or, or other kinds of outcomes, not just candidates, but all sorts of questions. Now, the futures markets, they used to do things like wars, whatever. That's been illegalized, but that was somewhat unseemly, you know, to place a, a futures um, uh, lives. Uh, investment with people's lives. Exactly. People's lives on the line. Um, so, but it is still something that happens with candidates, uh, sporting goods, out, uh, sporting outcomes, et cetera. Um, and it's got a really good track record. It doesn't get them all right. It tends to be biased towards people who are tech savvy enough to do something like this online. So it trends a little younger and a little more educated, but not much, which means it tends to undercount populist conservative probabilities. Um, so, for instance, it was it had a higher probability for Trump than any of the mainstream outlets at 45 percent, but that still was under 50 percent. Uh, so it was a little short of the reality with Trump and with Brexit. Um, so, you know, what I what I try to do 
I don't, I try not to do a lot of forecasting myself because I don't have a lot of trust in my wisdom. What I tend to do is look at people who have skin in the game, people who have consequences when they're doing things. So I look at markets. So if people are buying, um, you know, growth oriented companies and the price of those is going up, that means it's more likely we're going to have economic growth. If, however, people are buying recession hedges um, or uh, inflation hedges, well, that means that the markets think it's more likely that we're going to have a recession or that we're going to have inflation. Uh, so I can do my own modeling and my own predictions, but I really don't think pundits are very good at predicting. Uh, I think that most of the knowledge is out there and that comes in through markets. Uh, so I have a pretty low view of experts, including myself. Um, and so that's why I, I default to the political futures market, except if I maybe feel like I have special knowledge. So I have so for a while, the political futures market was saying Fetterman was going to win. And my view is somebody who lives in the Mon Valley, whose kid's first house was in Braddock um, or who lived around that area, you know, fo following Fetterman since, you know, before he was actually mayor, when he was running for mayor, that I had a sense that he had crafted a public image, almost like per political performance mm -hmm. art that didn't match with the substance. And that at some point before the election's over, we'd all get to see. And I think that's what happened. Of course, on top of that, then there there's the stroke and right. the um, and um, the fact that that's interfered with his ability to articulate himself and hear. But I think a lot of people are trying to play that down, saying, well, it's just essentially auditory processing. That that's not what we saw. Mm -mm. We, that that looked like more than just somebody who has trouble processing auditory language. So if they had closed captioning, that they would have been just fine. I think he's got problems articulating his views. A part of him, part of that is that he's changed them, mm -hmm. but doesn't want to admit that he's changed them. And I think part of that is um, probably the effect of the stroke um, and the incoherence of his philosophy. Um, so, you know, things have definitely flipped. And I'd say at this point, the most probable outcome is an Oz victory, although it's not guaranteed. It was a difficult debate to watch. I mean, I found it agonizing, to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, we talked about it a lot on the show yesterday, Jer. Um, I want to get your read on it, though. Was there anything I personally was surprised at how impaired John Fetterman was? And I felt like his team, whether that's family or staff or whoever, really let him down by allowing him to uh, be in that position. Uh, what, what, what would you read? You can talk about Fetterman. Okay, you can well, talk about Oz. You can talk about their the positions they expressed, whatever. That he let himself down, right? Because no matter what the team says, he made the decision. Um, and I, you know, what I've seen from John, John Fetterman, it sounds like I'm being partisan, but I'm not because we're probably, we're probably going to talk about Mastriano in a moment. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to be a partisan Republican uh, on, on that one. Um, I think that John Fetterman really loves to be the, the center of attention. He craves that. Um, he is a publicity guy. Um, you know, he told a great story. I love Braddock and I'm going to get a tattoo on my forearm to show how much I love Braddock. But it wasn't too long before that, before he parlayed up to lieutenant governor. And then he's trying to parlay up to, you know, parlay that up to Washington, D.C. So I think that was a means he sees himself as a national figure. And to some degree, he had become a national figure for yeah. a moment. I don't think that's going on anymore. I'm seeing there's some attempt in social media to say, well, conservatives, Republicans are being ableist, you know, by blaming him. Listen, it's, it's got nothing to do with ableism. 
It's part of the job to be able to hear and understand complex policy positions and to articulate them. It's not, it's not irrelevant. So if I'm hiring an accountant and that person is an amputee, uh, you know, and I say, well, I just don't want you to be my accountant because you're missing a foot, that's ableist. But if I'm, you know, if I'm out there recruiting people for a track team um, and somebody is missing a limb, I'm sorry, that's relevant. It's not ableist. The Senate is a debating society. Um, and it's about policy. And he was unable to debate. He was unable to grasp that. That's not ableism. And if we've gotten to the point where we're so into victim mentality that we're that we'll put somebody who is clearly mentally impaired in a position of responsibility, just because we don't want to seem ableist, that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so I think we need to take things like that into account. But I'm not surprised that Fetterman did it because I think he overestimates his ability to charm people and to project a certain image uh, because he's been feeling a lot of love from the national media. I mean, from the very beginning, the first publicity stunt of the of the uh, the tattoo, he was always really good at getting the media to love him. And so I thought he he, he thinks he could do it again. And in this case, he can't. We're talking with Jerry Boyer. He is the host of a podcast called Meeting of Minds. Also, his new book is called The Maker Versus the Takers, What Jesus Really Said About Social Justice and Economics. Jer, uh, so then let's move forward and talk about Josh Shapiro and Doug Mastriano. Well, I think that the, the Mastriano situation is such an unforced error for Republicans. Um, and, you know, I've done a few commentaries for the uh, Salem editorial board on this, which is, please, conservatives, when you're in a primary and you're voting in a primary for a nominee, could you please remember that there's going to be a general election in November? Mm -hmm. And the point is to win them both, not just to win one and vent our angry spleen against the establishment uh, or hedge fund people or the, I don't know, whatever is the boogeyman for MAGA world, the Chamber of Commerce crowd, um, and, and not think, What's going to happen in November? Because, again, the futures market. Well, if I'm wrong, by the way, if someone knows that Mastriano is going to win, hey, that's great. You can get a 700% return wow. easily, you know, just by investing in Mastriano futures. I don't think that's the case. I think um, that in primaries, the ultra MAGA or MAGA world tends to win because it's all Republicans. Um, and because it's almost like something like some primal scream or some objection. We're trying to register some emotional outrage. I'm not trying to register emotional outrage. I'm trying to get good policy. Isn't that what we're all? I think that's I what you two so. are trying to do. Yes. Isn't that isn't what isn't that what all sensible people are trying to do? And for sensible conservatives, that would be conservative policy instead of stick our thumb in the eye of the establishment because we're angry or we're hurt. Okay, we great. We had our temper tantrum. We lost a governor's race that really we could have won because Josh Shapiro is pretty hard left um, and very partisan. I'm. I moderated a panel with him back when he was a state senator here in Pittsburgh for the um, Jewish League of Pittsburgh. Um, and it was about Iran and divestment. Um, and everyone and it was very much supposed to be a non-political event. And that was, you know, what the Jewish League had in mind. And he just came out swinging partisan left. Uh, he just broke the rules, couldn't help himself. Mm -hmm. So this is not a centrist candidate. But he's, also, he's most likely our governor, and I don't see that as a step in the right direction 
but I see it as an unforced error on the part of conservatives. And I'm a conservative. I'm going to say we. That was an unforced error on our part. And the, and the January 6th involvement, when are we going to figure out that January 6th may seem like some kind of holy war for certain parts of MAGA, when in fact for the rest of the country it was abhorrent, an, an abhorrent amateurish yes it was it was never really going to be an insurrection they were never really going to win they weren't going to beat the u.s army and overturn the election so it was an incompetent insurrection but it was on the part of many an attempt at insurrection and when are we going to figure out that that is an albatross around our necks or an anvil even and cut it loose and stop rewarding people who got um involved with that with that thing now now i know decent people showed up and they thought it was just you know um a demonstration but at some point, you know, you see the guillotines, you see the nooses, you smell the tear gas, you go home. And the other thing is you go home and if you're a public figure, you say, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was going to be a riot. I thought I was showing up for a demonstration instead of wearing it like a badge of honor that I was there. Right. You know, when we almost took back the republic and that that. So it's not just Mastriano. We're seeing kind of the ultra MAGA crowd being a problem in Republican primaries. This should be a slam dunk for Republicans. Eight percent inflation um, and, you know, low economic growth. Today we got we we got the best economic growth we've gotten in a year. It was only two and a half percent. So it's a pretty terrible economy. Republicans should be sweeping House and Senate easily and and governor's races. And instead, you know, I'd say Republicans almost certainly win the House, probably win the Senate. But this is a lot more of a struggle than it needed to be. Interesting. Jerry Boyer is with us. Uh, election probabilities, what the future say. Jerry, I love all this. Let's uh, step away, take uh, just a few minutes and come back. And let's talk about the market today and perhaps some good news with layers of bad news as well. Stay with us. It's the ride home. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. Jerry Boyer is with us today. It's 101.5 Word FM, WORD. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. The secret to the market beat stock pick strategy is so simple, it is going to drive you crazy. Ask yourself, is this current market making you sick? Logging into your brokerage account day after day only to see lots of red? Well, let me tell you a secret. The best stocks to own are the companies that are consistently printing real profits year over year. The crazy thing is that it's even more effective in months like right now. Down markets means everything goes on sale, including these profit printing machines. Want to stop playing the loser's game and guessing what the next hot stock will be? MarketBeat is about to text you our new report. Seven stocks to buy and hold forever when you text the word profit to 68285. These companies print billions each year in profit and show no sign of slowing down. Get your free copy of seven stocks to buy and hold forever. Just text profit to 68285. Text the word profit to 68285. Don't wait. This report is only available for a limited time. Text the word PROFIT to 68285. Standard message and data rates may apply. Please consult with your investment or tax professional. What if I told you you can save a baby's life for just $28? Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant girls and women who otherwise might choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. 
$140 can do this for five girls and women. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a click or phone call away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or click on the preborn banner at wordfm.com. Hi, I'm Kyle at blindster.com. I sell custom-made blinds, shades, and shutters that are easy to install at prices less than big box retailers. Blindster blinds are custom-made for your windows, and I guarantee they'll fit. Don't hire a pro. Do it yourself and save big at blindster.com. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to sell all your belongings and live in a commune. These dungarees belong to all of us now, Tom. You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Tonight we'll see clear to partly cloudy skies. Expect a low of 34. Tomorrow, a blend of sun and clouds. A nice afternoon for outdoor activities. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 59. Tomorrow night, clear skies, the low 36. Saturday will be pleasant with plenty of sunshine. A beautiful start to the weekend, the high 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Jerry Boyer is with us. He's a podcaster, an author, an economist. And Jerry, you you do from time to time um, take uh, the pulpit on a Sunday morning, do you not? I do. Mm-hmm. I do from time to time. But I always put it back. <laughs> it's because you're an honest man. <laughs> That's good of you, They're Jerry. Heavy. Um, so yes, yes, I do. Uh, I do guest preaching. Excellent. Um, um, mostly St. Peter's, Brentwood, but also occasionally other places i just spoke at the uh, reconciliation ministries international uh conference which is associated with covenant church of pittsburgh that here is. in pittsburgh mm-hmm. which is always a, a, a wonderful church community to speak to wonderful. yeah jerry talk about the good news that we received economically today uh were you expecting that was that something that you were shocked by and did a little jig even though it was a, a, a an incremental gain uh i didn't do a jig um, cause I don't know how to do those. Okay. Yeah. I'd like to see it though, but go on. If you could send instructions, um, that, in the pulpit. Uh, that would be helpful. Um, from the pulpit. <laughs> that's right. No, I'm, what are you kidding me? Well, it depends. Am I speaking at covenant or am I speaking at the Episcopal church? <laughs> exactly. yeah, because da- the dancing is going to be received differently sure in those different places. Yeah. yeah not a lot of jigs um, at covenant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So, um, I'm sorry. What was the question? Um, I was not surprised by it. Um, I thought that we would get positive growth, um, For the past couple of months, people have been asking me, are we heading into a recession? Because that's the the question that a lot of headlines were asking, which sounded like a very strange question to me, because I thought I kept saying, no, we're headed out of a recession. We had the recession already. And it's kind of weird how the conversation about the recession starts when it's we already know for sure that we had it because the definition of recession is two quarters in a row of negative economic growth. And we had that. The first half of the year was a recession. It wasn't a terrible recession. It was more like the kind of recession we had 2000, 2001, a kind of a, you know, a, a weak recession um, or the one in, you know, 1991. Um, so I expected third quarter 
uh, to be positive. I thought that the economy was back to growing um, in late summer. Not a lot, uh, but back to uh, positive growth. So, no, I wasn't surprised. Um, I didn't have a prediction of the exact number. Will it be 2%? Will it be 3% or whatever? At 2.6%, it was just a little higher than general expectations of forecasters. Um, I don't know if it, I mean, the way the market reacted was interesting. What's What's been happening is usually when there's good news, the market goes down. Um, because when there's good news, the market says, oh, well, the Fed now can afford to tighten more and fight inflation because the economy is doing okay. So markets are almost always reacting not to what the data says about what the economy is doing, but they we, they kind of put on their little Fed head hats and say, what will Powell do in response to this or in reaction to this or what will the FOMC do? Um, so I think today what we saw is that the inflation numbers were a little lower when you when GDP comes out. There's also an inflation reading that comes out that was a little lower than people expected, and the GDP, even though it was positive, there were some signs in it that things are probably slowing down in the future. The things that were positive are things that don't last long. They're things that tend to be cyclical. So I think the market looked at that and said, "Okay, the Fed's going to have to loosen up. They're going to have to lighten up." And so when we had that report, the dollar fell, gold went up. Um, and markets went up. So it, I, I mean, overwhelmingly, what's almost always going on in any given week is markets are responding not to what they think the economy is doing, but to what they think the Fed will do. Today, they concluded it's going to, the Fed is not going to tighten so much. And by the way, they did the same thing last week and the week before. And there, last week, there appeared an alternate, the Fed is no longer united in their rhetoric. Mm. Chairman Powell is... The tough love, he's the daddy fed. Um, Co-chairman Brainerd is the mommy fed. You know, here have a cookie, uh, maybe the grandma fed. Um, the Mima fed, it's okay, you need some sugar. I know you're feeling bad. Um, we're gonna give you some unconditional love. And so what's, what's happening in the past couple of weeks is that pro-inflation branch that we've suffered enough um, and we're gonna, we're gonna have, we're tolerate inflation because we're so afraid of a recession, they're appearing as a separate power block. And so I think that's a transition. Um, so that probably means we're going to be less effective in fighting inflation. But it also means markets will do a little better because the Fed pumps, the Fed creates money and pumps it into markets. So pumping it into markets push mar pushes markets up, but creating money pushes the price of everything up. So we're not really ahead of the game. If our stock, if our, if the stocks, if the stock market goes up, but then the stuff that we buy when we sell the stocks also goes up in price. I don't see how we're any better off. I'm pretty sure we're worse off. Right. So the future, more inflation headed our way. Yes. Uh, less than we were thinking earlier. In other words, this kind of 10% inflation thing, it, it kind of peaked in June, July. But there, I just think it's very unlikely that the Fed is going to tame inflation. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to kind of muddle through. Uh, they'll push the brakes a little bit on money supply. When there's when inflation gets really high, they'll push the brakes a little bit on money supply. What, what are they trying to do? They're trying to slow down the economy. This is Keynes. This is how bizarre Keynesian thinking is. What they when there's inflation, Keynes' argument is what well, what you need to do is you need to drive up the unemployment rate. If you drive up the unemployment rate, workers will lose leverage in negotiation. Hmm. 
and wages will drop and wages dropping will help us beat inflation. That is a crazy economic system um, as opposed to you, you. We don't want we don't want high inflation and we don't want high unemployment. And you don't have you can avoid both of them. You have to have pro growth policies to keep unemployment low and you have to have sound money to keep inflation low. But Keynes rejected hundreds of years of classical economics because he associated it with the Christianity that he was rejecting and turned towards his model, which is, well, when the economy is slow, we need to cause inflation. Oh, when inflation is high, then we need to cause unemployment to spike. And it goes back and forth. We go back. The Fed goes back and forth between these contradictory mandates. It's a a dive suke, James would say, a double minded institution that goes back and forth between two contradictory goals. And every day the market has to figure out in our bipolar monetary policy, what's it going to be? Is it going to be, we're going to slow the economy down to beat inflation, or we're going to pump money in and cause inflation to speed things up? Um, so it's not markets that are acting irrationally. Markets are rationally responding to irrational policy based on an anti-biblical worldview. Jerry Boyer is the author of The Maker versus the Takers, What Jesus Really Said About Social Justice and Economics. We need to break, but when we come back, it's the fourth anniversary of the Tree of Life shooting. We'll get Jerry's take on that, talk about where we've been, why this trial still hasn't happened, and a lot more on today's Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. Old Testament feasts like Passover, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles had special meaning for Jewish people in their immediate historical context, but they were also prophetic shadows of Jesus and meaningful for today's believers. Now, you can download the free booklet by Rabbi Schneider of Discovering the Jewish Jesus entitled God's Seven Holy Days, a comprehensive guide to understanding the fall holy days and how Jesus fulfills them. Download your free copy today at Word FM dot com slash feast john fetterman is too extreme for pennsylvania this is matt schlapp chairman of cpac action pack by supporting eighty-seven thousand new irs agents trillions in new government spending and stimulus checks for criminals and illegals democrats put loyalty to biden pelosi and sanders above the needs of your family democrats are wrong on the border They repeatedly oppose closing the border, leading to more human trafficking, drug smuggling, and violent crime. Democrats are also extremists on abortion, supporting unregulated abortion, even in the last trimester, funded by taxpayers. Let's send Washington, D.C. socialists a message. John Fetterman, he's wrong for Pennsylvania. Paid for by CPAC Action Pack. Not affiliated with any candidate or candidate committee. www.cpacactionpack.com. Ad paid for by the Sentinel Group. Attention Marines, military personnel, families, and contractors who were stationed at Camp Lejeune. Were you present at Camp Lejeune between August 1953 and December of 1987? You may be entitled to significant compensation. For nearly 34 years, those in the Marine Corps' base Camp Lejeune were exposed to contaminated drinking water, resulting in devastating injuries, including several forms of cancer, adverse birth outcomes, Parkinson's disease, and more. North Carolina's procedural laws have prevented victims from getting the justice they deserve, but passage of the Camp Lejeune Justice Act of 2022 would allow you or a loved one to file lawsuits seeking compensation for illnesses and injuries linked to the toxic water. Call today for your free consultation, 800-860-3973. 
Let our experienced attorneys fight to get you the compensation you deserve. And you pay nothing unless there's a recovery in your favor. Call 800-860-3973. That's 800-860-3973. Again, 800-860-3973. Festivals. Football. Flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Economist, author, speaker, Jerry Boyer is with us today. Uh, we'll talk about his book and his podcast as uh, the segment ends. But, Jerry, um, four years ago today, uh, of course, uh, the Tree of Life massacre, uh, we were reminded of it over the weekend when Kanye West, shockingly, uh, digs himself an anti-Semitic hole. I mean, is it surprising to you that there is a still, I mean, I, I, I don't know, I, I am surprised, this deep anti-Jewishness that exists in this world? No, it's well, it's not a surprise to me because I read the comments section um, oh, yeah. in conservative media uh, because I've been I'm, I do managing editor functions. I've done it for, you know, town hall finance sure. and Christian Post, et What's cetera. The deal. Uh, so, I mean, just a couple of days ago, I, I we were talking about somebody, Benjamin Bernanke, and I was critiquing. I wrote an article critiquing his monetary policy. First thing I get in the comments section is, well, he's a liberal Jew. It's like, what? OK, I, I'm sorry, you know. I think Powell's a Protestant. Um, I, I mean, but it's still bad monetary policy. Uh, it's just out there and it's been simmering and it's been rising um, and it's gotten banned from Twitter. And th- so it's moved over to Gab and other places. Uh, I mean, I signed up for Gab after there were a lot of um, uh, bannings and I went over there and I mean, I'm in there maybe three minutes and I'm seeing all this, all this anti-Semitic stuff. What the heck? Most of it Christian anti-Semitic stuff. Most of it, you know, the Jews killed Jesus, synagogue of Satan, you know, a misunderstanding the gospel of John. Uh, so there are a lot of Christians out there who are using the New Testament, obviously abusing it yeah. in favor of anti-Semitism. And that is that stuff is really festering out there. And um, I mean, it, ha- it happened to this this guy who went on a killing spree. Uh, from what I've read from the biography, he was a pretty like normal guy. And then he started listening to a talk show host in this market who was into militias and black helicopters. No, it wasn't you and it wasn't me, different talk show host who was into conspiracy theories and all of the rest of it, fell down into the ra- that rabbit hole, Yeah, got obsessed with the caravan invasion. Remember that phrase yep. going around? You know, these Hondurans are coming up and it's an invasion. No, it's not an invasion. Um, invasions are armed. Inv- I mean, you, you, you can tell armies. Uh, legal immigration, yes, that's an issue. We got to deal with it. But you start calling it invasion, then you should be surprised that people say, oh, it's an invasion. Well, when the British invaded us, then we took up muskets. So if we got an invasion here and what happened with this particular guy is that he saw that Tree of Life Synagogue was taking policy positions in favor of um, immigration and amnesty. Mm-hmm. You can disagree with him or agree with him or not. Um, and he already had this anti-Semitism brewing. And then he decided what you need to do is send a message, which is to go to that synagogue and 
murder a bunch of people to stop the caravan um, and to punish the synagogue of Satan. Um, So it's horrifying. It's out there. I've engaged with some of these people online. Um, They don't seem to be unpersuadable. Uh, uh, No, sorry. They seem to be unpersuadable. I think once you've gotten to a certain point, maybe there's an inoculation before. So maybe if we had better Christian teaching about the Hebrew roots of the New Testament, maybe if we had better understanding now about what was going on in the gospel accounts about Jesus and Jewish leaders, um, the Judeans, um, as opposed to the Jews, um, if we read the accounts carefully and see that it was the Romans who killed Jesus, we can correct a lot of mistakes and maybe some of these people won't fall into these traps um, and then become murderous, rampaging threats to their neighbors. So the way you're talking about that, Jerry, you're you. It seems like you think that it's a, a problem of rationality or education. Um, how much of that do you think? And, and this is maybe I'm setting up a false dichotomy here, but how much of it's a spiritual issue? Um, how much of it is education? How much of it is pure hatred? Yeah, personality maybe, or I, I don't know, outlook. Yeah, I think that there are people who have severe mental or moral disorders, and they'll gravitate towards terrible ideas. To some degree, though, not everybody goes there. And so it's not, to me, it's not binary. I had a friend, he's passed away, another Pittsburgh guy, Charles Provan, who was a Holocaust denier. I didn't know he was a Holocaust denier at the time, but um, but we, you know, we talked about some other issues. Um, and he was doing this research project where he decided that he wanted to prove that the Holocaust couldn't happen uh, because there wasn't enough physical space. You know, so he set up in his living room like a little grid so that we could so that they could stand there and see whether calculate whether there was enough space at Auschwitz. And then he had his kids come and stand in the little square with him. And then it's like, how many people can we fit in this little square? And then that, we'll we'll prove that there wasn't enough room to kill 6 million Jews. Well, but the kids did fit. And suddenly the horror dawned upon him. Ah, most of the people in Auschwitz were children and they're smaller and they, they do fit. And he changed and he wrote a book about it. Really? And his former Holocaust denying friends hated him for it, but he actually did follow the evidence. He, I, I, there are some people out there who are drawn to this stuff because they're evil or they're crazy or they're bored or whatever. But there are also people who really haven't been taught any better. Now, it, it, he, Charles would never have gone out and killed anybody. He just had a really bad idea that then he followed the truth. So maybe this other guy, I don't even want to mention his name. Maybe no. this other guy maybe would have killed a different ethnic group. Maybe if he was a lefty, he would have killed a bunch of Republicans. Maybe he's just had murder in his heart. But I do think that part of what we need to do is rebut from the scriptures and not just rebut, but prebut before it even gets in there. The idea that the Jews in general had any responsibility for Jesus's life um, and that even if they did the taking of Jesus life and even if they did, which they don't, that doesn't have anything whatsoever to do with your Jewish neighbor 2000 years later. Um, and I think if we can, I mean, there are some people who couldn't go one way or the other. There's some people that are damned for whatever reason, they're just going to go there no matter what. And there are some people who, you know, they aren't. And, the, but there are some people who can go one way or the other. And I think we really need a deeper understanding 
of Jesus of of the New, New Testament and its view of the Jewish people, which is not that they were not that they killed Jesus, mm-hmm. not that they not that there is any kind of group guilt whatsoever. And I think also if we're talking about education and rationality from the scriptures, the Jewishness of Jesus needs to be more understood and more taught. And, you know, less of a um, Jesus was like me attitude. Do you know what I mean? That Jesus was who he was humanly. Yeah. Joe, we got to go. And we're sorry for that because we we love having you with us. We love, I love talking to you. Excellent work. Really, just really good stuff. Uh, Thank you, my friends. The podcast, Maker versus the Meeting of Minds podcast, Meeting of Minds with Jerry Boyer. Excellent. Good to talk to you, Jerry. Jerry Boyer, Meeting of Minds. We'll take a quick break, come back. It's the right on with John and Kathy, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. I was talking to one of my sisters recently, and she said that she refused to even look at her 401k and her retirement investments because the thought of doing so made her a fidgety, anxious mess. So uh, out of sight, out of mind. I, I get it, and I'm sure you do too. But the good news is we've been here before, and hopefully sooner rather than later, we'll hear the strains of happy days are here again. In the interim, the family at United Faith Mortgage wants to remind you that if you're a homeowner, you're sitting on a pile of cash because home values have gone bonkers. And so your home can be a portal into a cash-out refinance, providing you with an immediate source of money to pay off debts, do some home improvements, or just build up your nest egg again. United Faith Mortgage, where the direct lender advantage is everything, saving you lifelong money. United Faith Mortgage. Faith and family matter. United Mortgage Corp, Mountain, New York. And a blessing for 1330. That's the Lady Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Hi, this is John Hall. You've all helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today. And I'm trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special exclusively from my listeners on the Perkel and Giza Dream bed sheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike is now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. The set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. Now, for a limited time, you get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with a promo code WORD. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. It's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954, use the promo code WORD, or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code WORD. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets. Hello, this is John Guest. We would like to invite you to a citywide prayer gathering at Christ Church at Grove Farm, Thursday, October the 27th, 6.30 to 8 in the evening, to pray together for the next midterm election, that candidates will be elected who will stand for biblical values and that Christians will get out and vote in what will be a monumentally critical election. This is John Guest. Go for it. Research shows listeners prefer a personalized experience. So to help you remember, Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance. We personalize this ad for Amber, who really misses boy bands from the 90s. Hey, girl. <laughs> I'm the cute one. Here to tell you how Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. I'm the heartthrob. The only thing I love more than you is saving. And I'm the other boy in the band everyone forgot about. Just only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. 
I'm not a gamer, but I'm interested in games, the, the psychology of it all. And so I saw this today talking about a, a, an online video game that offers kindness instead of violence and toxicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Where's this from? Um, so two guys, uh, Zeba Scott and Luigi Guitari, they were thinking about, you know, self-doubt, grief, frustration, anger, all these toxic things, of course, when online is filled of. And they were thinking about developing a game that had kindness. And so they went about this. They were interested in empathy and compassion. So there's this video game now called Kind Words, and it's really basic. It takes place in a virtual bedroom, and there's a desk by a window where this avatar sits, this person. Mm-hmm. A boom box on a nearby shelf fills a space with this lo-fi music. And so you type in, in your own avatar computer, something you've been thinking about. They give examples, like, um, I've been looking for a job for two years with no success, or I'm afraid I'll be forever, or I feel disconnected from my family. You send the letter into the ether, but instead of being mocked or bullied or minimized um, or ignored, you start to receive responses within minutes of encouragement from anonymous people all over the world who've agreed to the terms of service that to play this game and to interact with each other, they must be kind in every possible exchange. Is this currently working? It is. is. So Mm -hmm. people are abiding by this? Yes. You pay for this game, $4.99. It has rave reviews. It won the British Academy Game Awards for Games Beyond Entertainment for delivering a, quote, transformational experience through emotional impact, empathy, and problem solving. Three years into its, 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 three years into the existence, Kind Words draws over 15,000 unique visitors a day. Its players have exchanged more than 6 million letters, responses, and messages. It's touched a need for a deeper human connection, at least a more affirmative one. I might not have believed that before I saw the success of Ted Lasso. I would have thought, okay, that's never going to be a success in the kind of culture we have now. Maybe that would have existed 50 years ago in some places in the States, but it's not going to. But watching how that show has taken off, not just in the UK where it's made, but in America, it's such a huge hit. It's actually a bigger hit here than it is there. And it made me kind of reevaluate the way I think our society is. I think people are ready to receive that much more than I thought they would be. So you think I about like that a lot. Too. I think that's a, a, a super like significant ray. I don't know, super significant. Maybe I'm exaggerating. I think it's a ray of sunshine. Well, look at our kids. If you've got kids who are teens or 20-somethings who've grown up with the Internet, right? This is This is their reality. They've never known a life without the Internet. Imagine what they're used to, what they're dealing with online every day. So something like this comes their way. And, of course, the news cycle, all the anger, the vitriol, all the hatred that's being spewed. What's the Jerry Boyer talking about, right? People being radicalized. Mm-hmm. Well, here's an opportunity. Now, in to some ways, do the reverse. you have to be presupposed or at least emotionally exhausted to go, I could use a little kindness. I yeah. could use a little compassion. Yeah. Because if you're, you know, if you're just wired for... 
for those if poor kids. Right. If, you're, if you're wired for the, gonna hate. Right, for the aggressive thing, then you're, you're not going to end up no, in this sphere. But there's a certain percentage of people who we, we all do, right? right? We need love. We need acceptance. We need compassion. And they're willing to pay for it, right? right. That four ninety nine. Well, you know, people who are watching John Wick aren't watching Ted Lasso, probably. No. Right. You know what I mean? So. It gives you a little bit of it, a glimmer yeah, of hope. I'll take it. Right? There is a glimmer of hope. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Reset for the 5 o'clock hour. Trinity School for Ministry in Ambridge has a new head. We'll talk to that person next. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Pence.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The U.S. economy returned to growth in the third quarter. The Commerce Department estimates the gross domestic product grew at a 2.6% annual rate from July through September. That follows two quarters of contraction. Stronger exports and steady consumer spending, backed by a healthy job market, have helped restore growth. Nonetheless, the outlook for the economy has darkened. The Federal Reserve has aggressively raised interest rates to fight chronic inflation and is set to do so twice more before the end of the year. Chair Jerome Powell has warned that will bring pain in the form of higher unemployment and possibly a recession. Ben Thomas, Washington. Texas State Police Chief says a criminal investigation into the hesitant police response to the Valley School Massacre should be finished by the end of the year. McColonel Steve McGraw offered no indication that any officers would be facing charges. This is SRN News. You've got advanced prostate cancer, but you're not waiting around. You want straight talk to facts about a Govix. Or Govix Religolix 120 milligram prescription tablets is a treatment for adults with advanced prostate cancer. Fact. Orgovix is a different kind of androgen deprivation therapy treatment, a pill, not an injection. Orgovix may cause serious side effects, including a heart condition called QT prolongation. Tell your doctor right away if you feel dizzy, faint, have a racing or pounding heart or chest pain. Orgovix can cause harm to an unborn baby or miscarriage. Use birth control during treatment and for two weeks after Orgovix treatment. The most common side effects include hot flushes, increased blood sugar and blood fat levels, muscle and joint pain. Decreased blood hemoglobin levels, increased liver enzymes, tiredness, constipation, and diarrhea. Other side effects include weight gain, decreased sex drive, and erectile function problems. Orgovix may cause infertility. Talk to your doctor if infertility is a concern for you. Go with a Govix. Ask your doctor. For more facts, visit GoWithTheFacts.com. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, just watching your hard-earned dollars flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option. It's called MediShare 65+. Plus. And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. It really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years, and you can use your Medicare-approved doctor, and you also get telehealth 24-7 service, so you don't have to leave your home for the little stuff. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're easy to talk to. Call 833-SHARE 55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. All of us come from somewhere. 
all of us have origin stories. From executive producer Larry Elder. Divine Providence was clearly operating in the lives of black Americans. And director Justin Malone. When I was growing up, we were never taught that America was bad. We were raised to love America. Comes the continuation of their 2020 hit film, Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom Part 2, an American odyssey. Available on Salem Now. There's nothing like hearing the songs you love on local radio with no subscriptions and no monthly fees. But there's a new bill in Congress that could stop the music. If passed, this bill would tax your local radio station simply to play the music you love. Text LOCAL to 52886 and ask Congress to support local radio stations. Help us keep you connected to the music, local news, weather, and traffic that you need each day. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Tonight we'll see clear to partly cloudy skies. Expect a low of 34. Tomorrow, a blend of sun and clouds. A nice afternoon for outdoor activities. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 59. Tomorrow night, clear skies, the low 36. Saturday will be pleasant with plenty of sunshine. A beautiful start to the weekend, the high 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Peter Smith, who used to be a reporter for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and now is the religion reporter, part of the team of religion reporters for the Associated Press, has a very interesting piece today about the Pennsylvania's governor's race and the two candidates and how they look at their faith. Peter... uh, Peter Smith says this, in one of the most closely watched races in one of the most contested of battleground states, both gubernatorial candidates bring up religion, but in starkly different ways. Republican Doug Mastriano's campaign has had several hallmarks of Christian nationalism, which fuses Christian and political imagery, words and rituals, and promotes a belief that America has and should be a Christian nation. Democrat Josh Shapiro Peter Smith writes, meanwhile, talks about his Jewish faith in speeches and ads, saying it inspires him towards public service while he seeks to build a classic democratic coalition of black clergy and other progressive religious groups, including Christians and Jews. Now, if you listen to our four o'clock hour, you heard Jerry Boyer talk about Josh Shapiro, Mm -hmm. saying Jerry essentially said that Josh was far left in his worldview. And of course, uh, Doug Mastriano, his views well known, I'm sure, especially with our audience as well. Peter Smith continues on. He said, um, um, he says, Doug, uh, Josh Shapiro says, um, my faith grounds me and calls me to do public service. I don't use my faith to make policy decisions or to exclude others the way my opponent does. 101.5 WORD. Dr. Charles Stanley. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell not overpower. Churches are not buildings. Churches are people. We are the saved saints of God. That's what the church is all about. The teaching of Dr. Charles Stanley on In Touch, helping you grow in Christ every day. 
tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk, and actual results may vary. Oil keeps going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects. The U.S. government needs your investment in oil and is allowing you to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel. Call 800-287-6691. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. You'll be calling directly to the home office of Encore Energy. That's 800-287-6691. The following is an editorial from Salem Media Group, the owner of this radio station. Hi, this is Brad Marshall, General Manager of 101.5 Word FM here in Pittsburgh, with a quick word about Dr. Oz and his effort to become the next senator from Pennsylvania. Each election cycle provides voters with an opportunity to weigh in on the direction of the things in our nation. I'm concerned we're headed in the wrong direction. American families are struggling under decades-high inflation, fuel prices at record highs, crime is surging, and we have a crisis at our southern border. We need some accountability in Washington, D.C., and that's part of what Dr. Oz can bring if he's successful. His opponent, John Fetterman, is among the most radical nominees on the ballot in any state this election cycle. Dr. Oz can be part of a new Senate while he votes for a stronger America, a renewal of law and order, and a secure border. I'm supporting Dr. Oz for Senate. Would you join me in doing so as well? Make your plans today and be prepared to vote. Thank you. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold, the highest-rated precious metals firm in the country. Now, we've won the Best of Trustlink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. Call Trinity School for Ministry, we are happy to welcome the uh, very Reverend Dr. Brian C. Holland. He is the new and eighth dean president of Trinity School for Ministry, brand new to the Pittsburgh area. And uh, Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Brian, we're super excited to welcome you to Pittsburgh. Um, And I heard you were from Canton. I wondered if you had a previous employment at the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. No, no. I've been once. Uh, we, we lived there for 16 years, but I worked at Malone University, which is okay. awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, okay. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, um, was it a hard decision to come to Pittsburgh for you? Are you like, I know you're from Texas originally. Had had you really like invested your heart in the in the Ohio countryside there? You know, we loved Ohio, actually. We um, raised our kids there. We have three kids. Um, my youngest graduated from high school in May. Um, and so the timing was right for us, and, and the move was good. 
Um, I am an Anglican. Uh, Trinity is an Anglican seminary, and so this made a lot of sense for us. Fabulous. Brian, I, I love to hear people's stories about how they came to Christ, and you have a, a particular one that uh, you can sort of, in the timeline, say, it was this moment that Jesus came into my life. Can you tell us that story about growing up and what happened to you? Sure, sure. Um, I was raised in a in a loving family in South Texas, uh, actually way down on the Mexican border. Um and we were Christians. We had, we attended church regularly through about middle middle school. Um, we stopped going in high school. And so when I when I went off to college, I went to Baylor University. And um, if you had asked me, I, I would have said I was a Christian, although it wasn't a very important part of my life. But um, I did what a lot of a lot of young people do when they go off to college. I um, won't go into all the details, but I I, I enjoyed myself thoroughly. Yeah. Um, but it, it really led me to a lot of misery. Uh, I became pretty unhappy. Um, and, um, one night I said a prayer, uh, and I, and I was, I, I was confused and I was depressed. I woke up the next morning and it was though, um, it was as though the, 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 the curtains had been sort of <laughs> drawn, drawn aside. Really? Um, and the light was shining in and, and I, I was no longer depressed. I knew something radical had happened in my life. And, um, Within three months, I had changed my major to theology and um, wanted to be a professor of theology, as crazy as that sounds. I was actually taking a theology class at the time, uh, and so my professor had had a significant influence on um, the change that occurred in my life, and I I wanted to help other people experience the same thing. I love this. So oftentimes when, you know, something happens radical like that, your family and your friends, they sort of look at you out of the corner of their eye and go, really, you're going to do that? You're the guy? Were yeah. you, were you met with something like that? I, I was, I, um, my, I have wonderful parents. Um, and I think they were, um, probably surprised and skeptical. Um, but they never said so, honestly, uh, they, they embraced it and, and loved me just the same. Um, my friend group, I think I had to sort of extricate myself from that group pretty quickly. Um, and so unlike a lot of people who have a conversion, like I had, um, I, I really didn't even have an active church life. And so I, I sort of, um, immersed myself in the departmental community at Baylor university, actually, where I was studying, um, religion and theology. Uh, and that really became my, my, almost like my church home, uh, and other students in that department became close friends of mine. And that's where I sort of first began a process of discipleship. Um, but yeah, I had to, I definitely had to leave my friend group pretty quickly. Interesting. What about the move or the decision toward, um, a, a career in academic ministry? Um, however you want to describe it. I mean, is, is, was that something that came gradually as you were maturing in your faith? Is that something once you decided you wanted to be a theology professor, you was like, no, you were like, no, this, this is it going to be it for me. No, it really was immediate as crazy as that sounds. Um, you know, I had like so many people, I had, I had been in church most of my life. And so I had heard the Bible preached and I, and I went to a, a good small church. Um, but when, when I was at Baylor and after the conversion, um, it was as though the gospel itself, which was, which was presented well uh, in my theology classes, just came alive for me. Uh, it, was, it just seemed extremely relevant. Um, and I, I have never separated ministry and the life of faith uh, from learning. Uh, and so um, I became hooked. Honestly, I became hooked on the learning. Mm-hmm. I wanted to learn more about God. Um, I wanted to understand my own faith better. 
um, my faith became a lens through which I saw everything else and, and everything else was more beautiful uh, from a faithful perspective. And so um, that was really the beginning of a journey that is, is continued, you know, for over 30 years now. Uh, there, there, it's been very continuous. And it's such an amazing story. And of course, in our research and reading about you before you joined us today, we uh, we looked online and uh, saw you in the uh, Trinity School for Ministry, their fall winter uh, catalog, their magazine called Seed and Harvest. And Brian, yeah. you, you tell and the we, story. And we, and we love your dog. We do. We, do. we love your dog. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my grand puppy. Uh, that's actually my oldest son's dog. That's a super cute animal. Very sweet. And we love him or her already. But thank you. You yeah, tell this you. story about meeting your wife, you go on a blind date and, uh, yeah. you know, you say, well, you know, people ask what you want to you know, do in your life. And you talk about wanting to be a theologian, not necessarily like, you know, like, you know, the big sexy thing, but your <laughs> wife, she, she kind of surprised you with what her, her life goal was. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She responded immediately saying she wanted to dance in Prince videos. Uh, that was her aspiration. <laughs> that is so um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I it, always, it was... I always put those people together. Theologians and yeah. dancers in Prince videos. Yeah, sure, they so, go naturally so, together. Certainly not the first time I've heard that story. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, you, you decide that you want to have this as a career. Um, then talk about your earliest um, glimmerings when you started to hear about Trinity School for Ministry. For those of us who are in the Christian community in Pittsburgh, we could not be more thankful and just we're so for we Trinity's feel, presence. I don't know I just feel kind of honored that Trinity's here and that we have such a great association with it but when you were not from Pittsburgh how when did you first hear about it sure well I, I ended up at Fuller Theological Seminary for my um, MDiv uh, and from there went to Baylor University again for my PhD um, primarily back to Texas because Suzanne my, my wife's dad died when we were at seminary so that was close to home um, I went to Malone University immediately out of my, my PhD program um, and pretty quickly became an Anglican. Uh, it, was, it was consistent with the kinds of things I had studied in my PhD program. Um, and so I was ordained a priest. I actually planted a church uh, in the Canton area of St. John's, which is a, a, a still going strong. Um, and honestly, I was lonely for the company of, of other um, theologians uh, and scholars and people who had an affinity for the same things that I did, um, who were, who were more like-minded. Um, and so I pretty quickly became friends with several faculty members at Trinity. Um, Joel Scandrett, uh, became a friend pretty early on. We mm -hmm. both were working on the subject of ancient Christian approaches to discipleship, which are called catechesis, um, which is a pretty big deal in the Anglican, uh, world. We, 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 um, practice that kind of ministry. And so, um, as I mentioned, I was at Malone for 16 years teaching theology um, had quite a few friends at Trinity. Uh, I came over to Trinity for conferences on a fairly regular basis. Um, probably four or five years ago, several people at Trinity began suggesting to me that I'm, 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 I might really want to consider um, becoming a candidate for president when, when the dean president resigned mm -hmm. or, or retired. I'm sorry. And Lori Thompson also was a friend of mine. And, and Lori actually called me um, not this past summer, but two summers ago. Um, and we got together, and he urged me to become uh, a candidate whenever he re he re he retired. Um, and so this wasn't out of the blue; it wasn't a big surprise. Um, it was a, it was the perfect timing in my own life. Uh, and so I threw my hat in the ring um, and uh, went through a long process of of discernment with a bunch of other candidates and mm -hmm. and, a, and a great um, committee. And they called me in May. Uh, and so um, I'm I'm really grateful, and and it it is going very well. I think it's a, a really good fit for me, and I hope I'm a good fit for them. Fabulous. 
Brian, it's unusual, I think, probably for people outside, like, you know, just regular people who are believers to think about seminary. And there, you know, you've spent time, considerable time, the last 15 or so years inside a seminary life. And now there you are as the head of Trinity in Ambridge. Can you talk to us about the the men and women who are drawn to what it is to be a pastor and to engage in the study, the prayer, the discipline, the intellectual rigor of seminary life? I mean, it's something that's so far beyond a modern worldview in some ways, right? We look at the world we live in right now, and, and, and seminary is so, it's connected but disconnected. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think it is a fair assessment. And, you know, we live in a world where everyone, um, people want things fast. Um, we are all sort of pragmatists at heart. Um, we want to put minimal effort uh, and achieve maximal results. Um, and education really suffers from that uh, sort of philosophy. Um, and, and Trinity doesn't do that, quite frankly. Uh, we have students, um, a, lot of, a lot of young couples, uh, a lot of young mm-hmm. men and women right out of college. We have, we have older students as well. But, but most of them make tremendous sacrifices to come here. Um, we have students from all over the United States, and we have students from all over the globe. Um, we have, in fact, very strong connections with um, Africa. Um, right now we have students from Kenya, uh, Uganda, um, Lahore, Pakistan, um, and um, we, we have many students from Rwanda, but none, I think, on campus right now, but um, m- many students. Um, so people make great sacrifices to come here, and when they come here, they enter into a rigorous community. Uh, we have morning and evening prayer together. Um, our, our students um, and our faculty and our staff eat together um, four days a week in the Commons Hall. We have Eucharist on Wednesdays. Um, uh, and so people enter into a life that, that really sort of ticks along according to um, a, a rhythm which is not quite so fast-paced um, as the world is, is moving. Uh, and the learning is very deep. Um, but they need deep learning to be the mm-hmm. kinds of people who can minister, uh, the kinds of people who can just sort of um, let the gospel come out of their hearts. You know, we, we, uh, it's not easy to be a pastor uh, and to respond to crises with, with the word of God just sort of flowing out of you. But that's the kind of people we want to we train here at Trinity. The very Reverend Dr. Brian C. Holland with us, the new and eighth dean president at Trinity School for Ministry. Um, we, uh, as part of our work here, uh, Brian, try to keep track of trends and how things are looking um, in a little bit of the different Christian subcultures around the U.S. And one of the things that was really uh, unbelievably I don't know, shocking to me, and yet thinking about the day-to-day life of it, not shocking, is the fact that about a year ago, 40% of pastors who were currently working had confessed to be looking for different jobs, not different jobs in the church, but getting out of the work. And so I guess my question for you is, how do you prepare people for the kind of stresses that go along with pastoring in in this type of daily situation? I don't. I don't know how to answer that question. I, I mean, I have been a pastor myself, and so I've. I, you know, I pastored a church through COVID, for instance, um, and it wasn't easy. But I also loved it. <laughs> I really did, mm-hmm. and, and I consider what I'm. I'm doing right now in ministry. Um, you know, churches need to invest um, in their pastors. Uh, first of all, they need to have expectations of pastors and hire people who have been well trained and, and who have some courage and genuine faithfulness. Um, 
it's it, it is a huge calling and it's serious business. Uh, and so so churches need to call people who are not, are not only called but are, are called and and do the things that that are being asked of them by God uh, to prepare themselves to be true leaders of the church. I I am of the opinion that that good training uh, and 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 a faithful heart uh, engaged in learning will go the distance. You know uh, that doesn't say that doesn't mean that circumstances don't change and that we find ourselves in different kinds of ministry contexts um, as we go through life. But um, ministry is not not just a job. Um, it's a divine calling and um, it is a lifelong calling. Uh, and so we don't go in and out of pastoral positions uh, like, a, like a person might go, out of, go in and out of a career. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little different thing. And so does that make it easier or harder, I guess, when you come up against the circumstances that pastors are coming up against now? Does it, you know, can you, you, can you fall back on the calling or does the calling make it seem like, you know, if I was called to do this, I'd have some clue as to how to, how to go forward. But I'm still here. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, sometimes the, the calling uh, might require you to change jobs. Certainly, it might even mean mm-hmm. becoming bivocational, uh, or it might mean the kind of career change that that takes you out of a church setting and into a uh, you know a more corporate setting. Yeah. But you'll still be a minister. Uh, sure. We all are. Yeah, we all uh, are. And um, and and so there, there's no such thing as giving up the ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I do think that we. You know, the church itself is important. Uh, it's it's the body of Christ. You know, um, it is it is the bridegroom who will meet Christ in the end. And we need to have a high mm-hmm. view of the church, not only pastors, but, but lay people also. And um, and we should be committed to it. Uh, and, and we certainly want the people who graduate from Trinity to be. We're talking to the very Reverend Dr. Brian C. Holland, who is the new and the eighth dean president of Trinity School for Ministry in Ambridge, Pennsylvania. So, Brian, uh, we have friends who uh, who are not on the pastor t- t- sort of uh, path, but they also engage with Trinity and they take classes. C- can you talk about that, about um, lay people engaging in a holy life? And, and advanced wanting, education. Yes, advanced education and wanting to be filled with the spirit and the work that Trinity is able to do for the greater community. Uh, the doors are open. Yeah, we we would love to. I would personally love to see more and more lay people um, come to Trinity, take classes, or, or go to seminary generally, a faithful evangelical Orthodox seminary. Um, often people don't realize how relevant uh, deep learning in Bible and theology really is until they've experienced it. Um, when they do, then they get hooked. Uh, and so, um, you know, we we really are all called to ministry. Uh, and if you want to be a lay person, discipling, uh, teaching. Um, serving your church, then then coming to Trinity and getting a, a cer- even a certificate uh, is a is a wonderful idea, um, and I do think that in the in the coming years we'll have more and more opportunities for lay people to engage with the education that we offer here. Wonderful. We certainly want them. Well, yeah. Brian, it's been a, a great um, pleasure to talk to you, and we're so excited you're here. Welcome to Pittsburgh. Sure Welcome to Pittsburgh for your wife and your kids and your grand dog and all of that. Um, has this uh, trip to Pittsburgh changed any of your sports alliances? Is sports important to you or your family? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm from Texas. Um, I, I can just tell you I will never be a Steelers fan, and, I, and I, maybe I are shouldn't you a, say Are you that. a Cowboys fan? Well, I'm really not. I just can't be a Steelers well, fan thank anymore. goodness. Uh, or ever, but um, yeah. Okay. So, I'm a Baylor football fan. Okay. Like so is college football like more, it has more preeminence than NFL? It, it most definitely does. Yeah. That's okay. Safe. So you said Baylor. How do you feel about like the bigger Texas schools? Like, do you hate A&M? Do you hate, you know, Texas UT? Aggies. What? 
Well, I'm a priest. I'm not supposed to say hey. Uh, <laughs> you're a good and holy man, and holding your cards are terrible schools. Cool. They are just terrible schools. Yes, yeah. <laughs> right. They're nice people, but they're just a terrible school. Very nice. That's right. Yeah. Brian, thanks an awful lot. We really enjoyed the conversation. Welcome to Pittsburgh. Blessings on you and your ministry, and for the uh, continued work that uh, Trinity does in Ambridge and across the world. Thanks so much for being with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. The Reverend Dr. Brian C. Holland, the new and eighth dean of Trinity School for Ministry. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Are big drops on Wall Street making you nervous? Make no mistake, this downturn could have a serious effect on your finances. Hey, this is Ethan Lane. That's why my team and I at Accurate Solutions Group are offering you a free guide to help you take a proactive approach to the ongoing economic uncertainty. Text the word RETIRE to 412-515-3555 to receive your copy of Retiring in Uncertain Times. If you're worried about where the economy is headed, take charge of your retirement and get your copy today. Market downturns and economic slowdowns are inevitable, but you've worked too hard to leave your life savings to chance. Discover what you can do during this down market with help from this free guide from Accurate Solutions Group. Get your copy now by texting RETIRE to 412-515-3555. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. As believers, we're to be grateful always in all circumstances. Sometimes, though, we focus too much on what we lack. Well, the book, The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks, is written to help us adjust our perspective. It's full of practical tips for establishing a routine of gratitude. You'll learn how to appreciate God's goodness, even through disappointment. Request your copy at truthforlife.org slash donate. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Play the Word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Hi, I'm Charlie Kirk of Turning Point USA. I'm excited to tell you about Saving America Radio and Freedom Square, which exists to create biblical citizens inspired for local change. This year, Freedom Square will be branching out to even more churches across America. When we're encouraging Christians across the nation to help us win the culture war and get one step closer to saving America. Be listening to our new program, Saving America, right here. Catch Saving America with Charlie Kirk weekday mornings at 1130 on 101.5 WORD. Tonight, we'll see clear to partly cloudy skies. Expect a low of 34. Tomorrow, a blend of sun and clouds. A nice afternoon for outdoor activities. We'll reach a high tomorrow of 59. Tomorrow night, clear skies, the low 36. Saturday will be pleasant with plenty of sunshine. A beautiful start to the weekend, the high 62. 
with your AccuWeather forecast. I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? The traffic report. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it does. I'll tell you why. It can save you precious time. If you're, you know, if you're fortunate enough to grab the traffic report while it's live on the radio Mm -hmm. and you're about to enter into your car, I think I'm not going to go that way. It has saved me. Now, you know what saves me time even more is the electronic billboards, if they're correct. Mm -hmm. Now, because the pen dot things kind of hit or miss. What saves you even more, at least me, is the long view of traffic ahead of you and you know when to get off. But the traffic report, yeah, it comes in handy. Okay, you're, like- t- okay you're talking about the ideal here. I'm yeah. going to bring it down to what actually happens. Oh. <laughs> the traffic report comes on. Yeah. And it, they talk so fast about where the traffic know, issues where are is. that I am still trying to figure out where they were talking about when they moved on to the next oh, thing. Yeah. I can't po- – I've lived here my whole stinking life. And I can't keep up with the different areas they're mm. talking about in the traffic report. Yeah, sure. To me, it could just be my lack of education attention. or ability or attention. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Huh. It has saved me. Uh, okay. I, I mean, in I the ideal, the it would save report. me yeah. if I could figure out what they were saying quickly. Mm. Whenever I hear the traffic report, I always kind of think, I should check it on my phone. To see if it's the same. And that might save me as well. Like before I leave here, let's see what the traffic's like on the parkway. No, I never do that. I don't need to do I until I'm stuck in traffic. Right. All right. So um, this is a theme here, which we did not. Does this make sense? The stick shift. Oh, bring it. Now I've got a car, this new newer car that I have, that has the option of switching from automatic. That's not, it's not really. No, it, it works. Really? Oh yeah, it works great. Yeah, and I'm not pushing in the clutch. No, oh, the clutch is not real. Yeah. Well, it slows me down if I get into like third <laughs> gear, second gear. No, okay, that's funny. Gary- okay, so if you're in, you're, if you're in snow, you could you could put it in <laughs> right. first gear, <laughs> right? And then it could slow you down right. going down on a hill. hill I, and I'm not hitting the brakes, so I'm switching. Okay, into- but you're right. If there's no clutch, it's not a stick. Right. And. I want the real thing. I think people would drive better if everybody drove a stick. I agree. And people would be way safer in rain and on ice. Well, ice, uh, nobody's really safe, yeah. but in snow for sure. We need to bring the stick back in a massive way. I think it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Here's the only thing. If you have a commute with a lot of traffic. You're just insta- riding it. No, no. Your leg is falling off. Mm. That's the problem. So at that point, it doesn't make sense. The stick shift makes perfect sense the to me. The traffic report, unless you can think really fast and are paying all this attention, no, it doesn't. 101.5 WORD. With the abundant nature of internet pornography, the sex talk with your kids isn't just a one-time thing anymore. Here's John Fobert. If a kid is 11 years old and he hears the word sex at school, frequently he'll go to Google to find out the answer on that. And that there's a lesson in there, too, and that is that parents need to teach their kids. Protecting your children from Internet pornography. Next time on Family Life Today with David Ann Wilson. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. You were created for a purpose. Geneva College can help you find it. Follow it and fulfill it. 
as you boldly answer God's call to live faithfully and intentionally in service to others. Together with Geneva, you'll embark on a journey of discovery with professors and peers who are integrating faith and learning, thinking constructively and creatively as you learn to understand your world, develop expertise in your field of study, and find meaning and purpose in your life's work. Ranked one of the best value schools in regional universities north by U.S. News and World Report, Geneva offers over 195 undergraduate majors and programs to help you discover the compelling significance of God's calling. Geneva College, you were made for this. Explore what interests you at geneva.edu slash academics. What if I told you you can save a baby's life for just $28? Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant girls and women who otherwise might choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do this for five girls and women. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a click or phone call away. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or click on the preborn banner at wordfm.com. All of us come from somewhere. All of us have origin stories. From executive producer Larry Elder. Divine Providence was clearly operating in the lives of black Americans. And director Justin Malone. When I was growing up, we were never taught that America was bad. We were raised to love America. Comes the continuation of their 2020 hit film, Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom Part 2. An American Odyssey. Available on Salem Now. Swearing. Swearing? Swearing. What about it? I would ask you if you do it, first off. Yeah, to my detriment, I do it. And when I do it, I've really mixed emotions about it. I think it's a very complex thing that people engage in. When you do it, yeah. what is the result in you? Initially, I feel good, and then I feel bad. Okay. It's very complex. Okay. Yeah. You feel guilty? That's that the bad part? Yeah. You feel I, It doesn't feel good. It, it doesn't make me... Initially, it makes me feel... Like, sometimes it happens, like, involuntary. Like, I'll hit my head, believe me. One of the worst <laughs> things in the history of humankind for me yeah. is for me to hit my head. Now, I know that your husband and I should... <laughs> Exactly. We share the same thing. Yeah. When I hit my head, I mean, it just pops out of me. It's like I'm being assaulted by an army of Huns, (laughs) and I have to, like, defend myself. I hate it so much. I don't know what that is. Yeah. But it just, like, it streams out of me. And then I pause, and I go into this, like, you know, despair. The self-reflective mode. I do. No, it's not even not self-reflective. I'm like, I remember being a kid and my dad, this was like the dreaded words. He'd, he'd yell like, like he was in the basement and he'd, he'd yell up, hey, Johnny, hold the flashlight for me. 
And I'd think, oh, gosh, oh, the yeah. flashlight. I got to hold the yeah. flashlight for dad. Because you knew what that was oh, going to be. Oh, I know exactly what that was going to be. So there you are, and you find yourself in some tight space, you know, underneath the sink or whatnot. He's working underneath there, holding the flashlight. Something happens, and then a stream of, of expletives escape from your father. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the Christmas story movie. It's, a- <laughs> it's kind of like, it's seriously. Yeah. Right? And it's like, oh. And it just, you know, befalls on you. And you're, like, standing there holding the flashlight. And Looking think, at the ground. Uh, and, like, at the same time, hating on your dad when, like, you're, like, nine. Please get me out of here. So then, of course, as a young boy, you pick up this thing, this habit of, I remember being a kid, and we was to climb this tree in the neighborhood. We called it Old Faithful. And I was up there one time. My my sister, one of my sisters, was down below. I slipped and I swore, and she said, oh, I'm telling mom. So she held that over me like I was hostage to that moment. She, we would be washing oh, dishes. She, we'd be washing dishes, and she'd say, mom, you know what Johnny said today? And my, <laughs> hey, like inside of my, hey, please don't say anything. And then she'd say, he said something, you know, like. And then and would your mom be mad? Would no, she, she didn't. No, she just held me hostage. Oh, to, so she, she never actually right, did right. tell your mom. But, you know, in your heart of hearts, you know it's not good for you. However, again, now as an adult, when there is that release, it's not a good thing to do. I I don't approve of swearing, but I do do it. On theconversation.com, which is uh, an interesting website, I read an article about swearing yesterday, and it said that, it said a lot of things, a couple that are interesting. The first is obvious, that people often associate swearing with catharsis, the the release of strong emotion. Yes. Um, It's undeniably different from other forms of language, okay? And- It's ancient. This is really interesting. It is not located in the same part of the brain- as other language. What? Yes. Wait, swearing has its own separate box somewhere? Mm -hmm. Yes. The swearing box in the brain. Yeah. Um, It activates part of the limbic system, um, and these deep structures are involved in aspects of memory and emotion processing, Mm. which are instinctive and difficult to inhibit. Okay? Wow. So that is a different part of the brain than you and I having this conversation now. And so it makes more, once they were able to discover that, they, it makes more sense as to why people who have suffered brain damage can still swear, but often can't produce other Cognitive. coherent speech. Oh, that's fascinating. Right, because it's a different. So it's not doing the same thing as a conversation is doing. It's right. doing something else. Now, another thing that's interesting is when you hear somebody swear in another language, it means nothing to you. Right. But you, the emotion is the same. Okay, but what if there's no emotion associated with it? Oh, okay. Because I could say, I could say the F word with no emotion. If you didn't know English... It would mean nothing to you. Right. It, you wouldn't know it was a bad word. And so that's another thing researchers have been studying. Is to, So there's nothing. It's not like the word, like the actual syntax is anything that arouses emotion. Do you know what I mean? It's yes. not the sound of the consonants and vowels that go together that right. arouse the emotion. It's the fact that it's a bad word. That's what does it. So... Hearing it in another language, I don't know if it's a bad word or not. It doesn't mean anything. Right. Um, so it has. So it's. It has something to do with 
that emotion is only coming up not because of the word, but because you already think it's bad. You've already assigned yes. something to it. Yes, and society has assigned something to it. Right. Now, okay, so when when you hear swearing in public, or even worse for me, when I see coconuts walking around with swear words on their T-shirts, that drives me crazy. And, of course, I'm as guilty. I'm raising my hand here. I'm right. guilty of swearing. But there's something about in the public where it's become normalized, right? Where we just kind of laugh it off or, you know, the F-bomb is there. And now it's become political, right? I mean, it's... How has it become political? Well, the Brandon thing. Oh, oh I mean, that whole come thing. On, I mean, that's and ridiculous. I see that, I go, oh, come on, people. Please, you know, we're better than that. Right. Of, and again, I'm indicting myself here. I'm this, I do this. Uh, but there's something about the intentionality of on a T-shirt or on a political throwaway. It just throwaway. seems crass it's and really, horrible. Yes. Right. Maybe because there on a T-shirt, it's not associated or a product of that deep emotion. No, right. And so it just is it's meant cheap like it's and a, horrible. It's a thumb in the eye. Yeah, so it's like cheap and horrible. Yeah. Okay. Swearing uh, in studies produces or leads to a higher pain tolerance. <laughs> I, I get that. Yeah. I understand what exactly. Yeah, sure, sure. It also can induce increased physical strength. Hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah. And I could see that as well, right? You see guys who you're bearing down on something physical mm-hmm. and you and something is exchanged. Yeah. And so that makes sense to me that that the swear words would be produced in a different part of the brain, right? It's is ancient. It, is it, yeah. So it's more of an emotional force than it is, um, than it is almost a language thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So there's something called aversive conditioning, which is the use of punishment to prevent con- anything. But in this case, continued swearing. So if you, your sister is extorting you yes. over the swear word you right, said right, right, right. it's because you already know that your mom told you not to do it and so she's going to be mad and so therefore it's like a whole but it's also a sh- punishment I, that thing. whole thing to and me, it's a I shame think, thing that's what it is yeah to me it was shame right oh i don't let my mother see me in this light i'm ashamed that i did this she'll know that i'm less than because i've done okay this. but there is no correlation according to studies that that will produce somebody who swears more or less as an adult. <laughs> so having a parent who was on you, on you, on you Don't about do that. it. I, it I or, knew that or it was that, not holy. Or that, or that type of, maybe it wasn't your parent, or maybe it was just society. Like just yeah. feeling like swearing was bad as a kid is not going to result in you swearing more or less as an adult, which is a surprise to me. Me too. Because you would think, like when my dad would swear, he never, he never... Um, he never dropped an F-bomb. We, he, my dad had a very particular phrase that if we said it in our family, like everybody, my, my parents are long gone, but my surviving brothers and sisters, we would hear that phrase, we'd all nod our head and go, that's dad. Mm. Right? But I never heard him use the F-bomb. No, oh, I never heard my dad say that. Never. Oh my gosh, never. I never heard my mom swear at all. My mom, uh, she would do a, a gentle swear, I would call it. You know, I'm not going to say it, but 
it was sort of more, you know, if there's such a thing, a refined swear. Sure. I like the refined swearing. <laughs> I mean, it's fascinating. Okay, so here's what scientists have not yet determined, but are interested in according to theconversation.com, is that why we they still don't know why swearing has this profound effect on us. If it's not, if our swearing or not swearing is not specifically linked to our parent, to our parents or whatever, why does it produce Emotion. added strength, or why does it produce, you know, uh, wh why do you use it and it works in pain relief? You There's, know, why right. did why, where does its power come from? Is the thing that researchers have. There, so you're saying. It, it, Researchers are saying this is a positive thing in a way. Yeah, the well, release it, of this, it certainly has power. Yes. Swearing has power. Physical, psychological that has power. has been proved by studies, but they're not quite sure why. Okay, I had a friend growing up when we were teenagers, and he, he used to say, I'm not swearing, I'm going to make up a different word. Yeah, sure. Well, when he would do that, you know, ab um, amongst us, his buddies, we would laugh at it. Because it was ridiculous. Of course, it sounds ridiculous. There, it had no power. Right. It had no power. And he knew it had no power. But it saved him. From having to swear. Yes. And the shame and the guilt of it. And because of that, we we looked at him different. We lifted him up in some way. And, you know, it, it kind of, for me, it, it always kind of sort of goes back to a holiness perspective. That what comes out of garbage in, garbage out. Mm -hmm. That what comes out of your mouth defines you. So I, when I swear and I feel bad about it, I know that I'm sort of separate somehow. That I've I've sinned against God because really that's how you yes, mm -hmm. it's a sin. It's a sin thing for me. I huh. have separated myself. I don't look at that as a sin because I do. It's it's emotional. It's psychological. It's it's physical, and it's Gary. I, do you look that, at that as a sin? Depends on the word. Yeah, well, it is. Yeah, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not taking my Lord's name in vain. Well, yeah, yeah right. Definitely. That's a whole other thing. That was the one you didn't say. No, as it. Yeah. No, no, no. no right. That really crosses a line, and then you yeah. hear that, and now you hear that all the time in popular vernacular, and you think, really? But I mean, how, okay. how, how okay. why am I to judge that whenever okay. I'm, you know, swearing otherwise? Okay. One last thing that's interesting. Okay. Is that. There are certain episodes of swearing and that are associated with certain memories in, in, a, in a person's past mm -hmm. that can contribute to how you use swearing in the future. So if there was, you know, say, you know, like my dad. Yeah, Hold exactly. The you remember that. Or maybe you fall down the steps when you're 11 <laughs> and just light it up. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So that could produce a, a swear memory. Yes. And those swear memories are very important for determining how you will use swearing in the future. But they're thinking, this is a, a, a theory at this point, that it's similar to music. So that the music you like best, most humans like best, oh, is the teen, music they heard when they were in adolescence. Yeah, teen or 20s. Exactly. So that kind That's of sticks my with music. you. And so therefore, they think that swearing takes on new uh, power when you're an adolescent. So now swearing has a place in time. Exactly. There's a history to it. Yes, and that that was a part of your growing up and a part of you asserting yourself, maybe adulting uh, 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 for the first uh, uh, time, uh, uh, uh. having your own music, having your own word mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And so maybe that that link is one of the things that gives it That's power fascinating. in now, the life of the person. Now, I have not heard, and I, 
I've not heard my children swear. Never? No. Now, my one son, I'm betting dollars to donuts when he's not around me, he's doing it. My other son, no. Yeah. It's not happening. Two very distinct personalities. I just think the whole, I mean, I'm sure there's been books and psychological studies and all sorts of discourse on swearing. The good, the bad, the power, the ugliness of it and what it does to us as human beings. It's fascinating. If you want to more read more about it, go to theconversation.com, The Power of Swearing, How Obscene Words Influence Your Mind, Your Body, and Your Relationships. John Fetterman is too extreme for Pennsylvania. This is Matt Schlapp, chairman of CPAC Action Pack. By supporting 87,000 new IRS agents, trillions in new government spending, and stimulus checks for criminals and illegals, Democrats put loyalty to Biden, Pelosi, and Sanders above the needs of your family. Democrats are wrong on the border. They repeatedly oppose closing the border leading to more human trafficking, drug smuggling, and violent crime. Democrats are also extremists on abortion, supporting unregulated abortion, even in the last trimester, funded by taxpayers. Let's send Washington, D.C. socialists a message. John Fetterman, he's wrong for Pennsylvania. Paid for by CPAC Action Pack. Not affiliated with any candidate or candidate committee. www.cpacactionpack.com. And now a small business setback is assessed by a beloved family pediatrician. Oh, hey, Tiger. Big scary tree branch give your work truck a boo-boo. Yeah. Wow. See this thing on my phone here? It's the Progressive Mobile app. Just push that little button there and report your claim. Attaboy. When owning a small business gets painful, Progressive Commercial is here to make it all better. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. <gasps> What's this? Candy drawer? Who wants a lollipop? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms and conditions. Photo claims not available in all states or situations. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Do you need new blinds or shades? Blindster.com offers custom made blinds, shades, and shutters shipped directly to you at prices less than big box retailers. Blindster blinds are easy to install and guaranteed to fit. Don't overpay for new blinds. Shop today and save big. Blindster.com. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like the potential to participate in credited interest from market index returns and limit the downside? Join Michael Badalini for the Retirement and Income Radio Show, Saturdays at 1130 a.m. here on Word FM. You can also call Michael Badalini now for your complimentary customized Retirement and Income Radio Kit and Retirement and Income Radio Book at 1-844-449-SAFE. That's 1-844-449-7233. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Okay, so we just spent a considerable amount of time talking about swearing. 
Now, what about the, the opposite of that? Um, I read something a while back about the benefits of humming. Do you hum? I do hum. Or I don't hum. I, I can like sing, kind of sing under my breath. Sing under your breath. Well, okay. So is that the same as humming? No, it's not. Because there's something about humming. Apparently, has health benefits: easing stress, improving mood, detoxifying what the body. What about whistling? No, it's humming because when you hum, mm. you're breathing in through your nose and mm. breathing out through your nose, and the vibrations that are in Side the nose and in the throat have, it's a documented thing, they have a calming effect. Humming causes turbulence in the nasal cavity, which increases a, a molecule known as nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is a, uh, a vasculator, meaning it helps blood flow more easily through the body. So if there's better blood flow, you have reduced blood pressure. And because of that, it also relaxes the nervous system. So humming in all its forms is good. When you relax the nervous system, your agitated mind also is calmed down. Uh, the breathing and the movement all work together. What That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I don't enjoy humming. I like to hum. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm reading this today, and while I'm reading it, I was humming. It, I, I, and you I, were yeah, feeling good it about It made me feel good about things. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't enjoy humming. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't. Maybe I have a sinus issue. I don't enjoy the buzzing in my head. Hmm. And so I try to avoid it. Humming uh, yeah. can also cleanse and detoxify the body by allowing more airflow. Is this how you're trying to convince me? No, I'm just saying. I'm trying to bring up some more evidence to prove. Um, do you know anybody? I still live with a guy who hummed all the time. I find, it, crazy. I find it annoying. <laughs> it, it may have lowered his blood pressure, but it raised mine. But I got to be honest. Again, I was at home today humming. Well, if you're because you're at home alone, mm -hmm. it's just you and the bird. Mm -hmm. Me and the bird. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah. But if you were humming like around here all the time, mm -hmm. you know that, what might, that might annoy us. Everybody would close their office doors or tell me to close my office door. Enough with the humming. But if if you, what they're saying is, if you hum five to ten minutes a day, you'll be healthier. Oh, I, for okay. So I need to hum five or ten minutes a day. Don't swear. I need to do yoga. I need to do high intensity work. I need to exercise my face. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I need to do all that. Well, what I think also when I was humming, I liked hearing um, the change in my voice. Mm. Well, you can hear that when you sing, right? Yeah, but there is something more. I don't know. It's again, we were talking about swearing. It's a primal thing. There's something that's primal about it. I don't know what that. There's means. something primal about humming. What's it's so basic? The Huns when they were attacking, they were humming. Because you know when you're singing. Uh, it evokes a lot of memory, emotion, yeah. right? Oh, this song, right? And, right. and also, you know, for better or worse, you know, whether you're alone or where, it becomes performative. It's not like, hey, name the greatest hummer you've ever heard. I mean, it's not really performative. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? So it's it's kind of a throwaway. But apparently You know what? I think a harmonica is just good humming. No, a harmonica is yeah. not. No, a harmonica, harmonica is so great. Harmonica is one of my favorite instruments. It's beautiful. I love it. I, I love it. So that it's kind of like humming made good. <laughs> That's how I look at you it. You think? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the artistry of a harmonica. I mean, holy smokes. You ever played the harmonica? Yeah, badly. Yeah, me too. Right. I'm really bad at yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it's like every kid, you know, every kid gets a harmonica, right? And what you... about the accordion? Oh, no. I knew a guy who was like the, um, like a national accordion champion, Joe Novak.
Isn't that impressive? Oh my gosh. It's I like love piano I on your chest. Lo- I mean, I'm Polish. I guess I have to. I love the accordion. Mm-hmm. Stash. Love the accordion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't love the Schmanky brothers? The Schmankies, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. But so any accordion. Swearing, humming in the accordion. You heard Tell me you. here in the ride home. Plus, we had a seminary professor with us today, <laughs> and we had an economist. Holy smoly, we ran the gamut. Thanks for being with us. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.